On today's show, we are going to discuss if seeking personal financial advice from family and friends is a good idea. We speak with a woman who was living paycheck to paycheck to support her daughter and how one piece of bad financial advice encouraged her to start her own investment firm. And right now, our guest is here to help you, the listener, gain control and clarity around your finances so it doesn't happen to you. Stick around. You don't want to miss this. As Christians, we were taught to be good stewards over our tithing and giving to the less fortunate. But when it came to our own personal finances and investments, we are clueless on what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about managing debt, leaving a legacy, investing, or even planning for retirement? We answer these and many other questions because we want to teach you how to be rich and righteous. If this is your first time to the show, we want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill, welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and this is Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. Today's scripture comes from John chapter 1, verse 11. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is of God. The one who does evil has not seen God. Copy culture is real. If you don't know what that is, allow me to give you a brief synopsis. A mutation is normally bad news, but copying is also the strategy of cultural evolution. And once again, copying is not necessarily a bad thing. Babies copy in order to learn how to survive before they learn to communicate. Yet, it is not just copying, but faulty copying based on misunderstandings, new interpretations, variations and evolutions of ideas and concepts why they are introduced in a new cultural environment. That may cause some issues. Cross-fertilization, borrowing other ideas and incorporating elements of others' work into one's own is crucial to cultural development, but can be detrimental when it comes to our finances. See, personal finance is personal for a reason. You, as an investor, has so many variables that you need to consider. Making a financial decision is not something you want to relinquish to a friend over a cup of coffee or a family member after Easter dinner. So, we want to copy what is good. Our guest today is going to share the dangers of copying behaviors, investment strategies, and spending habits of your neighbors. So if you are a high-earning man or woman who doesn't want to deal with the nuances of their financial life, if you're scared or you have fear of hiring an advisor, I recommend you settle in because we're going to give you the information you need to make the decision you want. Let's pray and let's get this episode started. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gifts that you have given us, the ability to know between right and wrong, we want to take this time to thank the friends and family that you have placed in our lives. We are grateful for their love and support for us. We recognize their good intentions and wanting only what is best for us. We come to you with all humility and ask that you provide us financial guidance. Through this episode, I pray that someone who is out there, confused, overwhelmed, and in need of help, finds the help they need and you give them peace of mind. All of these things we ask in your name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest is a certified financial planner. She is a retired income certified professional, owner of Financial Journey LLC. She believes no question is insignificant 
and wants to be her client's most valuable resource when it comes to their financial lives. She has dedicated her life to helping individuals gain confidence and clarity around one of the most complex issues we face in our adult life, personal finance. Please join me and give a hand clap of praise to a wife, a mother, and a good friend of mine, Shay Newton. How are you doing, Shay? I'm good. Thank you. Good, good, good. Well, before we begin, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? My name is Shay Newton, and I am a financial planner. And I started my firm, Financial Journey, really because I wanted to get out there and reach people who need help and want some clarity about their decisions and to honestly be their most valuable resource, but really get them started when they were younger so that they have more time on their side to get things going. Well, that's awesome. You said that when you were younger, right? Let's go to that point. You said when you were younger, you wish you had a financial advisor because something happened when you were trying to get your footing in this world. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I was a young single mom and I was, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, but I knew I needed to do something for my daughter for college for later, very expensive. And, you know, I needed to do something. So I spoke with lots of different people, um, mainly friends. And I was living in Florida at the time and everybody's like, oh, you got to do the prepaid plan because it's, you know, cheap. It's the way to go. And then college is just paid for. So, and that's true if your child wants to go to college in Florida, oh, so, yeah. <laughs> but there's 49 other States right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we weren't living in Florida when, you know, that decision came around and she just wasn't interested in that. So, um, you know, it, when you have a prepaid plan, you can still access the money, but it's not, they don't just say, Oh, we'll just pay for school wherever you want to go. Um, at that time, they had just changed the legislation in the state of Florida and said all their prepaid plans will pay out at a rate of the average tuition cost per hour, which included community colleges. They added that in. Oh, wow. So it dropped it kind of far then. Um, it dropped it so much that um, my return on investment was probably less than what I would have gotten at a savings account. Wow. So, and I started when she was eight. So that was 10 years. So, you know, rule of 72, you know, <laughs> it should have at least doubled by then. <laughs> right. So when it's time to take money out, that's where all the confusion kind of comes in. And you're almost mm -hmm. disappointed in the fact that you made a financial decision that you thought was in the best interest of your child. And it backfires and now you lose 10 years it's not like it was 10 days or maybe five days we're talking right. 10 years of life here yeah there's nothing you could do at this point wow so well let's let's break that situation down because we talked a little bit earlier and as a financial advisor you know you say that there are about four components to making a financial decision and there's three of them that your family and friends are missing Right when they're they're giving advice, they're very loving, right? We mm -hmm. love our family and friends, but they just may not know. They always tell us the benefits, right? But the other three, education, strategy, and consequences. Can we break those down for a minute? So let's start with education about learning about the investment choices that you're making. Yeah, 
So I think education is probably the most important one. You know, you, you need to know what you're getting yourself into, right? So I just knew that it was a college plan and college was going to be paid for. Well, you know, if all the things fall into place and are exactly that way, then it could, could have been that, but it wasn't. And I could have used the education around, you know, what is a 529 plan and what happens if all of these pieces aren't this way in 10 years, because who knows what's going to happen in 10 years. We're talking about variables here. They are not addressing the different variables and the things that actually go into a decision as far as the 529 plans are concerned. How much they are. What if she doesn't go to that school? Can you get your return back? Those things they are not addressing to you, correct? Right. And, you know, these are things that they had personally done themselves mm. and that somebody else told them. So there are the realm of possibilities out there they're not even aware of. Right. They're just like, this is what I did. It's got to be the right choice. <laughs> right. And that goes back to our original topic of personal finances being personal. And the misinformation, I guess, is very vital here because as you said, she got this information or he got this information from somebody that they knew. So it worked for them. It worked for this person. Doesn't necessarily is going to work for you. Correct? Correct. So that leads us into our next step here, strategy. So can you give us your perspective on strategy and how that plays a role after you get the education that you need as far as the um, how that product actually works? Yeah, so strategy you know, is really looking at all the different variables and how they might play out and see how they affect you and kind of choosing your best route. In my situation, there was no strategy, like, because there were no other alternatives. It was like, oh, you should just definitely do this. And having the education around all the different variables and all the possibilities, you know, allows you to look at different strategies in, and, you know, weigh the benefits of each and see which one is best for your particular situation. So these strategies, are are they based on mathematical formulas? Are they calculated based on the emotional state of the person, their life stage? What are some things that you consider when developing a strategy for one of your clients? All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have to look at the numbers. You gotta look at available resources. Um, and you also you know, have to figure out what you know, the client situation is too. You know, I have some that are like, hey, I paid for all of my school on my own. You know, I'm willing to contribute some, but I think that my kid should have some skin in the game as well. You know, so everybody's different and right. you have to play into that. And then, you know, there's other things you have to look at. You know, your sole purpose may not be to, I only want to send my kids to the best college. It might be like, I want to retire early. You know, we needed about some resources to that as well. <laughs> Well, I, I, I like that. So what we're going to do, we're going to transition as well to consequences. And I think a lot of people, this is a misnomer here. Consequences doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. It just means an exchange for something else. So there is a duality or excuse me, there is a dichotomy of choice when it comes to yeses and nos. When you say yes to something, you automatically say no to something else. So when we're developing these strategies, we're figuring out what we're saying yes to, but we also have to understand what we're saying no to. So if you decide I want to put $100,000 in a new car, we may be saying no to your child's education. 
Or if we're saying yes to your child's education, we may be saying no to that additional fishing trip. We just really need to understand the consequences and the benefits of the choices that we're making. With that said, we have to also be careful of family and friends because I think Shay put this perfectly. She says, friends are the best salesmen. Can you kind of explain what you meant when you said friends are the best salesmen? Well, yeah, they're, I mean, they're people you trust that you have things in common with and you automatically assume that your situation is going to be very similar to theirs. So when they're like, oh no, this is the best thing to do. You should totally do it. And you're, you're in. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, you know, I remember when you told me that I actually took that with me after our talk and I asked myself those same questions and I asked myself, why are friends the best salesmen? And you can let me know if I'm off or not, but I came to the conclusion that family and friends have something that an advisor that you are meeting for the first time doesn't have, which is trust. We make a lot of assumptions about our family and our friends. We assume they have our best interests in mind. We assume they know enough about us and our situation to provide a good recommendation. And we assume this recommendation would be just as good as the other ones they have, you know, about restaurants and travel locations. And we also assume that they will take responsibility for a bad decision that they offer. And none of these are actually guaranteed. Yet all these are necessary to make a sound financial decision. So when we're talking about financial decisions, our friends and family may know our favorite foods or you know, our taste in movies. But when it comes to our personal finances, they are mostly clueless. So Shay, can you tell us how you build trust, explain your process for getting to know a client, and how you make a financial recommendation. How I build trust with people and clients is having honest conversations and you know putting everything out on the table and there's no judgment, you know, and letting people know that, look, we're not here to shame you about anything. What we're trying to do is move you forward. And so don't be embarrassed. You know, let's get all the facts out on the table and then we take that information And I provide education around everything and all the different variables that are coming into play. And it's, you know, there's lots of pieces to the puzzle and it's all about fitting them together in the way that's best for you. I'm just saying that all that comes through, you know, different conversations and, you know, each conversation you have with a new client, you know, you're getting to know them a little better. They're getting more comfortable with you. And, you know, we're providing the the scenarios that, you know, could benefit them the most and they get to choose, you know, like, well, maybe, maybe I don't want to do that. This is what I thought at first, but now that you put all the other stuff out there, you know, my decision's changing a little. Wow. I like how you put that. And I kind of want to break that down just a little bit for our listeners. You said that we go over your options. So your recommendation is not a hard recommendation, but a display or maybe um, providing different options that they can choose and which route they can go. So it's not, I believe you're going to do this or you should do this. These are your options based on your life circumstances and where you see yourself, which do you think would be the best path? Did I get that correct? Yeah. I mean, it's ultimately your decision. You know, this is your money. This is your life. It's your decision. My job is to give you the information for you to make an educated decision. Well, I like that. I like that perspective. You're not taking their funds away. 
So they're not just writing off a check and, you know, Shay's going to do whatever she wants. You're saying that the listeners are still going to maintain control of their finances in the direction that they go into, but you're serving as a guide to help them make better sound decisions. Right. And, and I'm the one here when something comes up, then you can contact me immediately and not have to guess or go ask Google what to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> I make the joke here all the time. Google does not have the answers. I'm gonna say that again. Google does not have the answers. Google gives you the available answers, things that are out there. It is still on you to choose which is the right path and to vet the information that you're gathering because anybody can put anything on the internet these days, correct? Exactly. Right, so uh, we'll be right back. We need to take a quick break here. We'll be right back. We need to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor, AB Ridgeway Wealth Management, where they help people of faith make investment decisions from a biblical perspective. If you're struggling with your finances and looking for an advisor that shares your faith and not just your zip code, uh, be sure to schedule your free consultation at www.abrwealthmanagement.com backslash consultation. Um, if you love the podcast, uh, we are sure you'll also love our faith and finance blog that releases new posts every Tuesday and Thursday, where you can find more articles on faith, finances, and how to avoid some of those financial pitfalls so you can retire and stay retired happily ever after. Just go to our website, click on Christian Media and you'll have access to all the resources we provide for Christian investors like you for free. Um, before we get back to the show, let me just say, make sure you also follow us on all of our social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and YouTube. Just Google AB Ridgeway Wealth Management or check the description below and all links will be provided. Um, keep checking back because our merchandise store is coming soon. Welcome back. We are here with Shay Newton. and She has shared how one piece of bad financial advice from someone she cared about helped her make the decision to make sure it didn't happen to someone else. We discussed the importance of building trust with clients, gathering relevant financial information before making a recommendation, and the four elements of education, strategy, consequences, and benefits that go into making client recommendations. Also, to my listeners, if you hear a Morky and a Yorkie in the back, sound asleep well halfway sound asleep shay has two dogs as she's recording but as a listener i want you to understand this as financial advisors as we've been discussing on this show we allow you to be who you are we didn't ask her to put the dog somewhere else or get to a quiet room is because that's what makes shay comfortable and that's what we want her to do so as financial advisors we want you to be true to yourself so if you're a pet lover we love pets be who you are. So Shay, for our listeners who have never dealt with a financial advisor, all they kind of know is a bank sitting in the lobby, sitting in a dark office, and hearing the sales pitch by a person in a suit, right? And not this suit, a different suit. This may scare or intimidate a lot of people. Can you describe your personal onboarding practice? Because you are a virtual financial advisor, correct? That is correct. Um, I meet with all clients virtually, which I think, you know, gives flexibility for everyone. Wear what you want to wear, you know, yoga pants, have the dogs, all <laughs> of the above. <laughs> um, yeah. So when I, you know, meet clients, we have an introductory meeting and kind of get to know each other and, you know, make sure that there's something there that I can help them with and some, 
somewhere that I can provide value. And from there, you know, if they decide to move forward, then, you know, we get on another call and I kind of show them around the system. Like, these are the things that we're going to need. This is what we're going to be looking at and, you know, really gather all of the information that we're going to be looking at. And just for clarity, this doesn't all happen in one meeting, correct? Correct. The, I mean, how, long, how long does that normally take? Well, the gathering info is typically two meetings. One, to get you started because no one ever has all the information. <laughs> and then we look through it. I look through it before we meet again. And then that second meeting is, hey, this is this is what it looks like now you know, is this correct? And I, every single person, you know, when I look through, I'm like, oh, you should be saving this month, this much money at the end of the year. And no one is like, yep, that looks good. (laughs) There's always changes. Good, good. It usually takes about two meetings to do that. Perfect. Well, well, on our show, we talk about the fiduciary responsibility. You are what they call a fee only advisor. Many of my listeners know what that is. I speak about it all the time. But one thing I like to hear from other advisors who also have fee only um, from other advisors who have registered investment advisory firms is what does being a fiduciary mean to you? So being a fiduciary means to me is, you know, doing right by the client, you know, their interests are always first. And that's why I think presenting, you know, all the different scenarios and letting them see what the different options are is very important because the client's interests come first. You know, that's also why there's no commission in the fee-only business. You know, we have no incentive to do anything other than write by the client. Well, on your website, you state that you want to be there for clients and spot the bumps coming up. You say the journey won't be straight, the path won't be smooth, but you want to make the walk along it as enjoyable as possible for the client. Now, for those who are listening, what are some of those bumps that they can avoid? And what are some of those bumps they will just have to try to work through? So an example of a bump is gonna be something sudden that happens, right? Like, oh my gosh, my car broke down. It's gonna cost a ton of money. Um, Do I pay to get this fixed? You know, do I look at doing something else? And it's almost like a rash decision and you feel like you have to make it, you know, spot on. And that's where I come in, you know, send me a message and let's talk about it and, you know, take the emotion out of it because that's a very emotional decision for people, you know, something that's affecting them daily like that. We talk about that as well. There was a report that if investors just invest into a balanced portfolio. We won't talk about allocations here, but they will do so much better than paying somebody to manage their portfolio or active management or or any of those things, right? How much money they would save. But to the statistics also speak to the fact that the average investor only returns about 2%, even though the market itself returns roughly, you know, seven to 9% annualized, right? What's that difference that makes it is fear and emotion. And they do the exact opposite, right? It's buy low, sell high, but the average investor tends to sell off when the market is going down and they're scared. And then they end up buying when the market is high and everybody's very optimistic, right? They catch the tail ends of both sides and it reduces their return. With that said, would somebody talk to you before they're in trouble? or when they're in trouble? 
well, hopefully they would talk to me before and we know what the cash flow needs are so that you would never have to sell in a situation like that. And then when you start to panic, you should definitely call again. (laughs) (laughs) I'll talk you off the ledge. (laughs) Right, right. So it's about discipline. It's about a mindset toward the investments and what they, they represent. So perfect. Well, Shay, I have a little surprise for you. If you're my listener, you have been keeping up with the show. They know what time it is. It's time for 10 for 10. And I don't want to confuse it with 30 for 30. I don't want to get sued by ESPN. But in this game, I'm going to ask you 10 questions and you get 10 seconds to answer them. Are you ready? Okay. Number one, what would you tell your 20 year old self? I would tell my 20 year old self um, to always have a positive mindset and things are always going to work out. Two, how much money does someone need to hire a financial advisor? None. (laughs) Three, what does the certification RICP mean? RICP is Retirement Income Certified Professional and, you know, analyzing your pot of assets and figuring out how to turn it into a stream of income when you need it and what those different options can be. Four, do you provide socially responsible investments? I do. Um, And I have screens for the different types of funds and ETFs that are out there that are socially responsible um, so that you can invest solely in those if that's something that you want to do. Five, name two things you can't live without. Oh, that's tough. I like lots of things. Um, I would say my family is number one and the ability to travel and go see new things. Six, if people want to learn more about you, where can they go? And you can't say your website. Ooh, okay. I would say um, Instagram. That's one of my favorite ones. I like pictures. So Financial Journey LLC on Instagram. Seven, what makes you different than other advisors? I think what makes me different is I try to keep things simple. I really try to educate you and I try to do it in, you know, the most cost-effective way for you. Eight, what is the biggest deterrent for people hiring a financial advisor right now? I think the biggest deterrent is people are ashamed of previous mistakes that they've made and they feel like they don't have enough to warrant a financial advisor. And I think that's what gets you into trouble. You know, if you have questions, get out there and get some help. Nine, name three things people should know about money. Let's see. Um, Money is a tool and time is on your side and a little bit, you know, adds up over those 10 10 seconds, Shay. (laughs) You're doing good. You're doing good. Tin, did you have fun on financial advisors? Say the darndest things. Of course. I always love spending time with you, AB. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, congratulations, Shay. You are nine out of 10. You are in good company. No one has been able to answer all 10 questions under 10 seconds. Don't worry. You may have another opportunity coming up on another show. So make sure that you stay tuned for that as well. But before we go, 
We also have another segment called Once in a Lifetime, where we give our guests a chance to say something that will change our listeners' lives forever. If you were to give one piece of advice, what would it be, Shay? I think having a positive mindset is key and knowing that you can accomplish anything and keeping that keeping your head up for that because you can accomplish anything if you want to and don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't perfect well thank you for listening if you made it this far shay has a gift she wants to share with you all shay yeah so if you are you know a woman out there making some money and you're not quite sure you know how things are going and you know you're ready to get started somewhere but you're not ready to have that talk yet Um, I have a guide on my website and it's called how women can break through five barriers to experience financial empowerment. So you can head to my website and, you know, request a copy there and also, you know, feel free to reach out at any time. And I can also send that over. All right. Well, on that note, where can they actually find you? And can you give them your hashtags and your website address? Sure. My website address is financialjourneyllc.com. I am also on LinkedIn. You can find me there, Shay Newton, and Instagram, um, financialjourneyllc. And there's a few other places like Facebook, YouTube. There's some other things hanging out there, but mainly website, financialjourneyllc.com. Well, Shay, thank you for coming on the show and sharing your experience with our audience. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've been blessed. Don't worry, this may not be the last time that you hear from Shay. As many of our listeners know that we are planning to have an end-of-year reunion for all of our guests and have a roundtable discussion. So if you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you send us an email at info at abrwealthmanagement.com and vote for your favorite guest. All links discussed during this podcast will be in the description below. And we pray you continue to pursue your journey of being rich and righteous. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah Ridgway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on his website and through other distribution channels. Elijah Ridgway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of A.B. Ridgway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become A.B. Ridgway Wealth Management clients pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of A.B. Ridgway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnest Thing podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.